today on CityCast Denver. My friend Keith Garcia is the only reason I'll watch movies. I never really cared about them before, but it's his job to get people to care about movies, and he's really good at it. He's the artistic director at the C Film Center and the founder of Cinema Q, which is Denver's annual queer film festival he's been putting on since 2006, and it starts tonight. Today is Thursday, August 26th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Keith Garcia. Bree Davies. <laughs> Keith Garcia, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. I'm excited to talk to you today, too, because I love the work that you do at the Film Center. Well, thank you very much. So this weekend, starting tonight, your film festival, Cinema Q, is going to be showing 12 queer films, mostly virtually. And these films are all different kinds of genres. There's documentaries, narrative films, and older movies that have been restored and re-released. So, Keith, what really makes a film queer? One of the things that it used to be that what we were really looking for was, well, is the content queer? Like, are we watching a story, a documentary, et cetera, about a queer person or queer people and their relationship? And what is the focus there? Which, it's, over the years, kind of seemed more like it was, it was very much a niche for um, specifically queer people. Like, if you weren't queer, what interest would you have in watching a, a queer love story, et cetera? Um, now that queer has kind of really permeated the zeitgeist in a good way, um, yeah. that it uh, it's it's more inviting to folks who who don't register as queer. But uh, one of the other things that, especially in the last couple of years, has become more prominent in determining a queer film is also who is creating the content. I mean, I think on a major, on a mainstream scale, I can say the biggest example of that is uh, the Wachowskis, who of course uh, created the the Matrix uh, trilogy, yes. and they have a fourth film coming out this Christmas. Um, over the course of their their career, uh, both the Wachowskis uh, transitioned and uh, became more notably known as the the Wachowski sisters, uh, and. Their, their films, in turn, changed over the years based on the notion that suddenly we were like, okay, well, we thought we were looking at before. We had, everyone enjoyed the Matrix movies for the sci-fi spectacle that they were, but under a new lens, under a new queer lens of where they were coming from, you start to understand, like, okay, this is actually very interesting tales about uh, change, transition, there's a lot of queerness. There's a lot of social uh, issues to talk about underneath it all, which I think is the greatest miracle for filmmaking is when you can create a, a piece of film art and by doing nothing more than just existing as the the creator, uh, you've changed. Uh, you, you've, you've given longevity to that project for decades to come. I mean, people were still going to talk about The Matrix for one reason or another, but now there's so much more to talk about it. We're inside a computer program. Is it really so hard to believe? Your clothes are different, the plugs in your arms and head are gone. Your hair has changed. Your appearance now is what we call residual self-image. It is the mental projection 
of your digital self. This... This isn't real. What is real? How do you define real? So this, this year's Cinema Q, can you talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of films that you're looking forward to sharing with the community? Well, there is our opening night film, which is our one in person, but also for um, accessibility reasons, if you are still nervous about coming out to a movie theater, etc. Um, it is available on our virtual platform for a limited window on Thursday night. Uh, but that film is My Name is Polly Murray. Um, it's a documentary that comes just from the filmmakers behind the uh, RBG, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary from just a couple of years ago that was really great. My Name is Polly Murray is a prime example of um, fantastic queer film. And it's a documentary about Polly Murray, who is black, was non-binary, uh, was a lawyer, and an activist. And all those things, uh, they, they really had a lot of um, underlying inspiration for a lot of other people that pushed a lot of other people, a lot of social issues forward while they kind of stayed behind to do the work but not get any of the recognition until now. And that's, that's the point of this documentary is to say, hey, here's a person that really um, we, we need to know about. And uh, it's a fantastic documentary for, for that, that alone. Give me a song of hope and a world where I can sing it. Give me a song of faith and a people to believe in it. Give me a song of kindliness and a country where I can live it. Um, what other films would you recommend? over the weekend? Uh, we've got a, a wide scope. If documentary um, is is your thing, we have a, a, a good chunk of documentaries. One of my favorites is uh, No Straight Lines, which is a documentary about the uh, sort of origin of sorts, but uh, just the, the boom of queer comics. Um, this goes back to the 70s. And these are indie comics. This isn't necessarily like DC, Marvel, things like that. Although... They, they came out of a lot of inspiration from those, those comics. But uh, one of the, the, the main subjects and first projects was this uh, character named the, the Brown Bomber, who essentially became the first black, out, gay uh, superhero um, and just did a very independent, but inspired so many other queer artists to create characters of their own. But the, the documentary focuses on, on the lives and, and uh, hopes and dreams of, these, of at least five of these uh, historic queer artists. From the very first time I saw an image of the Brown Bomber and Diva of the World, I was just like, who is that? Who are these characters? I love them. So that's one great documentary you can dive into amongst a few. Um, if you're looking more for uh, a narrative film, um, there's a great film called Jump Darling, uh, which is uh, notable for many reasons. One of them is uh, it is Cloris Leachman's final film role uh, that she filmed. Cloris Leachman passed away, um, I believe, either early this year or late last year. But uh, it's the story of a young man who is kind of lost and goes to visit his grandmother, who he kind of shares a kindred spirit with. Um, and 
it, there's a lot about his beginning of life um, as an out person and trying to find his place in, in the queer world, and then her end of life, which is another facet of this film, and sort of the notion of when do we start living and when do we stop? Um, and that goes beyond a lot of queer themes to really just kind of be a really fantastic um, drama. Where are you gonna go? Hello? Hi, Grams. You know, it's really interesting to me that you've been doing this since 2006. Like, I can't, that's, that's a lot of time. Things have changed. I mean, not like, oh, magically it's okay to, to be queer and out in the world, but it definitely still is a different environment in 2021, I think, in a wonderful way. Absolutely. There, you know, there isn't the feeling of, there isn't the heavy feeling, which we have had, like, over the course of doing Cinema Q, I can say in 2006, uh, it was easy to put it together, it was easy to find an audience, it was hard to, uh, to notice sort of the, the blocked obstacles along the way as well from folks who were just like, who weren't queer, who uh, were disagreeing with it, you know, to be able to show films about queer marriage before queer marriage was legal or even civil unions, which we did first here. Um, mm -hmm. And yes, yeah. come 2021, I feel like that understanding is the best it's ever been, but yet there is still oh. so much to do and so many, so many facets to point out. And when I'm selecting films, it's not always just like, okay, how is, how is this, you know, can I find a film for our gay audience, our lesbian audience, our trans audience, our bisexual audience, our yeah. non-binary, like, it's, no, I'm, I'm finding the best films for people to watch that mm -hmm. represents all these finer aspects of the communities, but also leaves room for folks to explore things beyond that. Why is it important for you personally to showcase and share queer cinema with the community? Um, Cause you know, queer film is what helped me sort of figure out who I was and come out over the years and like I would watch movies and have that feeling where I'm like this feels gay <laughs> even if it wasn't directly being like this is a tale of a man who loves another man uh <laughs> you know watching Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 because it's it's a it's a coming out tale about um uh, a, a a teenager who is feels he's possessed by something inside of him that wants to come out the people could get that subtext and it was a little bit hurtful at that time because it was telling you, repress, repress, repress. But that, that was even that conversation piece at all. And watching that film when I was, I mean, oh, I would have been eh, eight years old or so when part two came out. And I just loved Freddy Krueger. So that was like, that was my main goal. But then you leave that film, an eight-year-old me, who I was having thoughts I was a part of like my you know gestating identity just didn't know have all the words for it I definitely knew that there was like I put a bookmark in Nightmare on Elm Street too because I was like that made me feel ways 
mm-hmm. about something, and I don't know what it is. And so years later, when I could really read film a lot better, uh, it made so so much sense that it was just like, ah, that's what I was addressing too. But queer film has definitely expanded my horizon of how the best ways, in the best ways to uh, to showcase humanity. Keith Garcia, thanks for joining me today. It was my damn pleasure, Bree. So excited <laughs> to, to be on your show. Here's what else is happening in Denver this weekend. Our event at the Underground Music Showcase. Friday night at 6 p.m. at Muni Information Cafe. I'm going to be there. Producer Paul Caroli is going to be there. Newsletter writer Peyton Garcia will be there. And our producer, Alexandra McMahon, is going to be there too. And Alexandra's here with me right now to preview the event. Hey, Alexandra, what are we doing Friday? Hey, Bree. Yeah, we're going to be having a panel at Muni Information Cafe um, with three very important people in Denver's music scene. And we're going to be talking all about... Uh, diversity in Denver's music scene, what that means, both uh, like in, in on stage, off stage, you know, on the booking side. Um, and I know, you know, we, we kind of, we picked these panelists together, but but these people were, you know, people that you have relationships with, Brie. Um, so like, I don't, do you want to talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, they were just folks that I thought about who immediately came to mind in terms of doing work in the community, talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and actually existing in this world and like what that really means for them. So we have um, Bruce Trujillo, who works for Swallow Hill. You may know her from Indie 1023. She also hosts uh, Colorful Colorado Collaborations, which is um, musicians of color, business owners of color coming together, doing events. We have Wes Watkins, who's a multi-instrumentalist, band leader, singer, has traveled all over the world as a musician. You can also see him busking on 16th Street Mall. Um, He grew up here in Denver. He's got a really interesting view of the music scene. And then Miguel Avina from Is Cali, who's um, multilingual and has done a lot of work in the Spanish rock world as well as sort of the indie rock world. And we're going to kind of talk about those, why they're separated or sort of what um, what diversity, equity and inclusion looks like in a music scene from the stage as well as behind the scenes, people that book shows, um, people that run venues. And I, I think it's especially important for the Underground Music Showcase in this context because um, this year they have been, the lineup is much more diverse. And so right. how does that yeah. translate? What does that mean for the artists themselves? Yeah, I think it was uh, Bruce who may have mentioned this when she was on the show a couple weeks ago, uh, just again, talking about the state of Denver's music scene as we slowly emerge from the pandemic. You know, we're not done with it yet. But she was saying that this year's UMS lineup, I think historically is like one of the most diverse that it ever has been, um, which, you know, this how long has UMS been around, Bree? Oh, my gosh. A- decade and a half years yeah maybe two decades it's a long time running it's a long running festival for you know for this to be the year where the lineup is really finally maybe reflecting a more diverse community it's it's a big deal yeah 
I agree. Um, is there anybody that you are... So outside of our event, obviously, this is a three-day-long music festival, multiple venues, inside and out, all along South Broadway, local musicians, national musicians, international musicians. Um, Alexandra, who are you looking forward to seeing? Oh, I... I just get really excited to see the local bands play, you know, because that's like you said, there are national acts that come through. And I think in the last few years, UMS has tried to get some of those bigger names. But I think it's such a great showcase of the talent we have right here in Denver. So I'm really excited to see uh, Naoma, who's this amazing musician from Ecuador. She moved to Denver a few years ago. Um, They do like very like soft rock, kind of like indie, dreamy it's just like always a fun time to watch her perform. And then uh, I'm also a big fan of Yasi, who's this Persian musician. And she has like very fun, like uh, party jams, She's a- but also like slower stuff, like or just deeper stuff like Issues um, was a song that came out a couple years ago that like I yeah, I love that song. So I'm excited to see both of them perform. What about you, Brie? Kayla Marquis. I love everything she does. Um, she's been doing collaborative work with the Grand Alliance this year, but I've been following her for so long. Again, another one of our sort of pop indie crossovers. She does a little bit of everything. Gorgeous voice. Just such a great, and she just is such a great um, presence in our music community. And um, I just have loved watching her work. So getting to see her on a big stage is always fun. Right. So don't forget. Yeah. Reminder, Friday night, 6 p.m. Mutiny Information Cafe. Come see the whole crew. We're part of the Underground Music Showcase, but you don't have to have a ticket to come to our event. You can just walk into Mutiny Information Cafe, and we would love to see you. Absolutely. All ages. Bring a mask, because it is inside, and we're trying to be safe about this. But uh, yeah, anybody, don't have to have a ticket wandering off the street. We would love to see you. And we might have some fun stuff for you. I know we've got some stickers, some some CityCast swag that we're hoping to hand out. And if you don't already have enough fun things to do this weekend, Sunday is the La Raza Park Day and Cruise. I went a couple of years ago and it was super fun. This year, the cruise will all take place on the north side, starting at Berkeley Park at 1 p.m. and ending with a big party at La Raza Park. There will be live DJs, Aztec dancers, food, and lowriders all around the park, so you could walk around and see everybody's cool car. This event is free and open to the whole family, and to me, it's such a great celebration of Denver's cruising culture, and it's a wonderful way to support and connect with our Chicano community. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See ya. Anyway, back to our back to our actual matter at hand. <laughs>